Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And today we're talking about the party type most opposite to my own personality. And I still have a few class of 2022 beach balls floating around my house to prove it. (laughs) I know. Today we decode a myth about extroverts as well as lean into their superpowers here in week two of seven party personalities we're talking about this summer. Get comfy. Here we go. Lisa Jo, I'm so excited for the second episode in our new fun summer series, Seven Party Personalities. So listeners, if you missed episode one, Yes, just like a good Louise Penny book, (laughs) these should be listened to in order. (laughs) So I recommend going back to listen to our conversation about the artist. Um, But yes, this is number two. So once you've listened to the artist, we are so excited to dive into a conversation that has its roots in another party I recently threw. This week, we will be unpacking the party personality of the extrovert. And I think we both have extroverts in our family, don't we, Christy? My daughter, Zoe, is a big-time extrovert. I've talked about it on this show from time to time, how I often feel like an odd couple matching with her because she is all about more, more, more input. Mm -hmm. So this is the extrovert party personality. Yeah, so there is that more, more, more element. My husband is a fun, yes, guy who is always thinking about the more that could make anything better. But I think also he's just a true extrovert, not not in the sense that he always has to be around people. He's perfectly content to be alone. But a good conversation with someone else, a good friendly encounter, time with other people definitely energize him. And that's true for our daughter as well. So our firstborn is also a true extrovert. Um, if she is feeling down or mopey, um, I often recommend reaching out to her friends <laughs> because nothing sort of revives her like time with a couple of her best friends. So um, I feel like it's important. I don't know. Maybe we have some stereotypes around extroverts yeah. that like they're always the life of the party or they love to be in a crowd. And I feel like that may be true for some, but for my husband and daughter, like just one or two people um are enough to kind of meet that that need in them and maybe even be their preference. And as much as I also love that, love to spend time with other people, I think the difference is that after a, a gathering or a conversation or just time with any other delightful human being, I will need to recharge. Like I will feel the battery <laughs> has begun to, to, to sink and I will need to plug myself back in, which means time alone. So it's that's the difference. It's like my daughter sort of plugs herself in by by connecting with other people. I plug myself in by withdrawing from other yes. people. <laughs> because I think I love that you're sharing that context because for Zoe, it's true too in the sense that she doesn't even need to necessarily talk to a lot of people. So for her to to recharge in that way, one of the best things I can do for her, which saps my energy, but it is literally like watching her battery recharge, is to just take her to a mall for example. So she doesn't need to talk to anybody at that mall, but being surrounded by the energy of the mall, looking at all the clothes or going into Claire's and looking at the jewelry, the visual and the sensory stimulation 
is what recharges her. Now, I watch her recharge like an Energizer bunny and actually feel my battery pack drain while I am walking through all of that <laughs> loudness and chaos. But I love doing it with her. It's funny how simple it is. We sit at the food court and I basically just say yes to whatever store she wants to go into. We don't need to buy anything. I don't need to say yes to purchasing. What I've learned I need to say yes to is the experience for her of stimulation. So she loves the, the colors, the sounds. She likes to go into perfume stores and sniff everything. She wants to get samples at the makeup store. She loves to just walk through Michael's and just look at things. So when we go to Michael's, I'll tell her I'm only here for wrapping paper. And she'll look at me with these big sad eyes. And, and then I'll say, but you can wander the whole store and take your time. And I mean, that is like so energizing for her. So that is the extrovert in her that she she also does better actually with one or two people when she's actually talking to them, but she loves to be in a, a space of many people and lots of experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, I recently threw a party for my extroverted daughter. She is graduating from high school, so it's a season of parties. And um, for months now, I've been talking to her about hey, well, we want to celebrate in some way. You know, what do you want to do? And well, I have a feeling that my that her younger brother, when it's time for him to graduate, I have a feeling we'll probably celebrate by just going out for a special family dinner or, you know, something very quiet and solitary. Um, for her, we've known, like, it's going to be a party. So what <laughs> kind of party? And fairly late in the process, although I had been kind of leading her this way, I had a sense like this is what, would feel right to her. She's she has a very small graduating class, and so I had been suggesting, why don't you just invite everybody? Um, it's yeah, it, the numbers are such that you can do that. And so where she started out thinking about just her closest friends, and she didn't take much convincing to decide to just invite everybody. Um, but that meant that's a whole other kind of party, right? If you're if right. you're not just like it, there's more unknowns. Okay, what what could be fun for all kinds of teenagers who are in all kinds of different things, not just your close circle of friends? And so we settled on an outdoor movie party. Although spoiler, I'm just going to go ahead and share this right up front. The teenagers didn't watch the movie. Oh, they really? just talked. <laughs> but were <laughs> they, they sitting near the movie? <laughs> they were sitting in front of the screen, though. No, no. Oh, they, they talked even... under the pergola. <laughs> you know, they never really made it over to the screen. But it kind of worked out well because we sort of left them talking, which I think I realized at the end of an intense school year, they're all about to sort of say goodbye, go their separate ways. It's almost like they can't get enough of just talking to each other. Hmm. Um, and so they talked and talked and talked. Meanwhile, me and my husband, uh, my mother was in town, my mother-in-law who lives with us. Lily's younger siblings, we were able to just sort of drift away <laughs> and watch the outdoor movie, <laughs> sort of leave them to their talking. But I can imagine it going either way. Maybe if like the entire class had actually shown up and they didn't all have these really tight bonds, um, you know, maybe the movie would have been the thing to draw them together. I think it just depends on on the crowd. But it was funny to me how how it ended up working out. But I have two questions. Yes. Number one, could you explain the outdoor movie screen situation? Maybe we should link to uh, in the show notes what you used for that, because I feel like I remember John talking about how simple it was. And number two, I and I'm sure our listeners are very curious on the movie selection. Mm, so... 
the yeah the outdoor movie thing i would not have known how to do this but thankfully jonathan figured it out um he he bought a projector i think that's what it's called and it is actually for it, well actually i guess you could use it in inside inside or outside what it does is it sort of sends the movie whatever you're streaming out to a screen so whereas like a tv you're looking at the screen um and it, and the film is sort of playing somehow within that mach- that thing um a projector is just sending the picture out just like our old school projectors we would have in classes remember those the teachers do that back in the day for right, you with their little right. slides and so it's just like that and then the screen that it's projecting the image on um i mean it could be a white bed sheet he actually bought some sort of foldable ready-made thing that was like it felt like a heavy duty vinyl, but it's white and it has a stand so we could set it up wherever. So we set it up out on the grass and then we just had blankets, quilts and bean bags and things like that on the grass. The funny thing was, and this goes back to episode one, <laughs> is that because we're in this season of doing so many parties back to back, I still had these um, poles with those kind of big patio lights, you know, the lights I'm talking about, not the little fairy right. lights, but the big, the big bulbs. Um, I still had them set up in the yard because they had illuminated and sort of encircled the wooden stage where the band had performed during the garden party. We just had never gotten around to taking them down. So I realized last minute, oh my gosh, Jonathan, if you set up the screen right in front of those lights, it sort of looked like this magical outdoor movie theater. Um, But the lights weren't so strong that they interfered with the movie. So it was was more beautiful than I had planned. Sometimes (laughs) things just work out that way. (laughs) And what was the movie that you watched? So the movie, so it's funny because they didn't end up watching it. So and here's another little personality thing. So my daughter and I had many conversations and I would ask, like, what do you want to watch? What do you want? And every time she would say something like, I think I might create a poll or I'll send out a, a text to my friends and I'll give them some choices and I'll see what they vote on. So she always just wanted to poll her friends, but um, which is totally her personality. Um, but she never got around to doing that. So at the last minute, she made the, I think... She chose a sort of fun, ironic movie and decided that they would watch High School Musical. Oh, <laughs> that's brilliant, actually. <laughs> but we ended up watching a lot because the, the kids just kept talking and Jonathan was in control of the projector. We ended up watching a lot of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Which played very well on the big screen. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, extrovert personalities are so, as much as sometimes I've, thought, woe is me, I'm not equipped. I also know how interesting God is and how He puts us in families. He He matches people. And I know Christy and I have shared this before, but I'll reference, I remember standing in your kitchen and just saying, I have I'm the wrong mother for this child. Like I can't, I'm not the right person for her and how you got tears in your eyes because I know you've thought that too. And you assured me I am. Um, based on your own learning from what it means to have a personality type that's so different than yours. And I just know that that's true because Zoe gives me eyes to see the world very differently, how she experiences it and moves through it and brings me with her in her wake. But what's an interesting thing about her is she's an extrovert. She loves to be around people, 
but she also has stage fright. It's like the weirdest combination and not just stage fright when she's on a stage, but when she's having an experience, even conversing with another adult, she can start to feel like she's not doing good enough and she gets weird and like shy. And then on the way home, deconstructs how she did and told me I have to, I got to learn to talk better. (laughs) (laughs) Got to learn to talk to grownups better. (laughs) And so I think it's something to be mindful of when we're around others that nobody is all four corners of whatever Mm -hmm. personality type Mm -hmm. we might think they are. And instead we get to learn from and grow through each other and how we move through the world. And so a party that feels like an extrovert is a party that is recharged by having others and stimulation and lights and movies and or music or conversation. But in those spaces, though, there's still room for those who are maybe sitting in the corner quietly talking because I know you're balancing all of those uh, at your event for your daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm realizing, so this is about extroverted introvert but of course, we're never just one slice of our personality, right? It's all this complicated mix. And so, whereas last week in the artist conversation, we talked about a party planner who is curating an experience, never entirely, never perfectly. There's serendipity and there's, you know, these moments of grace. And that was so true of the garden party, things I couldn't have foreseen or couldn't have planned. And yet, for the most part, I was making choices and inviting people into it. So, for instance, I would never have sent out a poll to say, what kind of music do you want at my garden party? (laughs) I would have said, I'm planning a garden party. I will make these choices and I will invite you into it. And even though I'm an introvert, in some sense, timid, you might say in that way, I'm not at all timid in my artistic choices around a party. In fact, I'm quite decisive and, um, and, and feel no, no problem at all of just telling people at my party, you will have French crepes and you will listen to music, (laughs) nostalgic French music, right? Whereas my daughter, who is the extrovert and um, is so social, you know, her approach is more, hey, what does everyone else want? And can I, how can I accommodate? And how can I make sure that they have the things that they'll enjoy? And um, which is just a different, not better, not worse, just a different approach. So even though, you know, she has what looks like on the surface, like the stronger personality, the louder voice, the bigger presence. Um, there is this thing in her that is much more, uh, I don't know, I don't even have the right word, accommodating or much more concerned with what other people want. Um, and, and I love that about her. And so certain elements of the party were about me trying to help her please her friends. And certain elements were me giving her permission or encouraging her to just name clearly what she wanted. So when it came to dessert, for instance, we had also gone back and forth, back and forth on what kind of dessert we would serve. And so I finally just asked her, like, I think I know what your favorite is, but you confirm for me what, like, if you could just have exactly what you wanted, what would it be? And she answered right away, cheesecake, (laughs) which I know, I know she loves cheesecake. (laughs) So I just looked at her and said, that's what we'll do. We will have cheesecake. And I just bought plain cheesecake from Costco. I very clearly said, do you want like a topping? And if you, you know, any topping, what would you want? She's like, well, if it's not too much trouble, I I really like strawberry topping. So my dear mom made, you know, this good strawberry topping. So as I was serving cheesecake to these teenagers, um, I was kind of joking with them 
because there was no selection of desserts. Right. There was cheesecake and there was strawberry topping. Nice. But I was joking with them and saying, hey, can you guess what Lily's favorite dessert is? Uh, <laughs> and they would look at me like, uh, cheesecake? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes. And it, I, I don't know. I appreciate being able to like help her do that, to say, yeah. yes, this party's for your friends, but this party's also for you. And this dessert is for you. I like that. I think it is interesting when we unpack extrovert versus introvert, and we will later have a party personality conversation about introverts. But Christy, you are one of the most introverted introverts that I know. And so I was surprised when we had the big party at your house, the one we talked about last week about an artist creating a gathering, because A, I was surprised that you would want to invite 70 people to your house. And B, I was surprised that once they were there, you would lead a house tour of them <laughs> in your house. Like that feels to me like classic cliche extrovert behavior. Like I am going to invite you into my house and I'm going to take you on a tour and I'm going to explain the history of the home to you. It goes against type in that way, but I'm guessing it's because we are often motivated not just by our types, but by our passions, our longings, our giftings that invite us to step outside of maybe what might feel comfortable to us in the same way that Lily did in the party and making some of those decisions. And I wondered maybe you could speak to that because I have this vivid memory of you standing at the top of your stairs with a clipboard surrounded by like 35 people in your foyer as you held court is how it seemed to me. <laughs> and I thought, what is happening right now? Like, I never thought this moment would happen. That's funny. Yeah, it's true. I've always said, so as a kid, I was very shy. I was a very shy little kid, not comfortable on stage, not comfortable talking to adults. Um, but I grew out of that shyness. And so for me, shyness and introversion are often connected, but they're also totally different things. Right. So now as an adult, like I, I have no problem getting up on a stage or speaking to a crowd or, um, yeah, standing on my stairs with my clipboard. I have to say the reason for the clipboard is that I had asked somebody else to lead the garden, the house tours for me. So I had written out a little tour for him, but then he got, his family got sick at the last minute and he couldn't come. So I ended up with the clipboard, but actually the clipboard was a big help because introverted or not, if you're standing in front of a crowd, sometimes things you meant to say just fly out of your head. So right. I kept like, it's my own house and I'm giving a tour, but I kept consulting <laughs> <laughs> my clipboard. Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, as different as these parties were, Common ground is that, you know, I was involved in both of them. And, you know, again, even though they're for a different crowd and had a different feel, I think the thing that that is in common for any party, and this this gets back to our unique personalities too, is that there's risk involved. There's, you know, just on a more superficial level, there's risk that you might make an investment of time or money, and then the weather might not cooperate. Like there's that risk. There's, I think, um, just the vulnerability of putting yourself out there in any way. So as much as like this is a fun summer series that I hope will encourage people to um, to just go for it and have fun and gather people, I, I want to acknowledge like if that makes you nervous, if that freaks you out a little bit, you are not alone. Like I don't ever ever invite people to my house unless it's just you and your family, Lisa Joe. <laughs> I don't ever gather people without a sense of like, oh, what might go wrong, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And the one, I feel like now I have a party prayer 
that goes back to an episode <laughs> we shared a while ago. Maybe, oh gosh, will we remember what this episode is? The one where I talk about the barn blessing. We'll ask Emily to try and find the barn blessing we'll try to episode find the barn and blessing. link it in the show notes. Because in it, I sort of give my hostess confessions. Um, and I admit to the fact that half of our food for that party was left sitting in the oven um, and never got served. <laughs> so now I have this prayer. I'm like, dear God, please just don't let it be ha- half the food left in the <laughs> oven party. <laughs> please let it be better than that. But these things happen. Life goes on. People still have fun. But all this to say, if you are like go- getting through this series of ours, these seven epi- episodes with gritted teeth or with like a feeling of nervousness in your stomach or a sense of like, well, that's great for certain people. Um, I just assure you that when I say I love gatherings, I do. But if I also say gatherings like terrify me, they're a lot of work, they make me nervous. That is also true. Yeah. Yes. And yet you do it anyway. You keep opening up your do door. Do it anyway. <laughs> you create art. We have extroverts that are part of the gathering that are so wonderful because they help those conversations keep going. They greet strangers. They love to serve. There's so much magic that happens when we have all these different types come together. So make sure you tune in next week. I'm really excited about this. It's episode three in our series of seven party personalities. Next week is the romantic Mm. until next week friends